into the soulfully conscious podcast for humans simply being humans and um i really want to thank everyone who's already listened to uh the uh, my previous podcast my be better episode which was really really dope i really thought it was a really great topic it was centered talking to men about how we can be better allies um specifically to women and all and also to other oppressed groups as well um i believe you know it was really about male privilege and understanding your privilege and understanding, you know, how you need to set that privilege aside and be better. We got to be better. We can't allow the people who've been with us to, you know, be hurt, harmed or neglected within this world that we live in. So definitely go check that out. I really would really, really appreciate the support that I've already gotten from that episode. It's a real good one. It's, one, it's definitely becoming one of my favorites. Um, but today is another another uh, very women-centric episode i'm on a wave as i said before and i've gotten um gotten someone who get who's giving me the time who i've definitely you know been watching from afar worked with once while being in school and undergrad in the auc and it was dope it was really really dope to, um that just that just that panel was really cool but i have mara chance here with me how you feeling I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Humans just being beat. Humans just being. I think that's just such a, it's crazy. I always use the phrase being, like people, you know, how are you? Things like that. I'm like, I'm really just being. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I the, the title is just super, super dope. I'm super excited to be here with you. And thank you for having me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is really dope. Now, I know you asked, who is Mara? If you don't already know, um, well, I, from what I know of you, um, I'm one of those real hard, you know, men of CAU who st always stand for, you know, for women to spell me because because y'all just amazing. I love I love the vibe. I love the brand. And, and once you get to like actually go and meet people who really are about that and really are, you know, trying to shake and move and not just be, you know, not just be, they're literally themselves. They're like, look, I'm not about all this and that and the third. I'm me, I'm a woman, I'm trying to do dope things, I'm trying to do great things. And the panel that we, I feel like the panel that we put together for the, um, it was called um, the What Women Want panel is where I met you. And- uh, Yeah, wow, that's- Me, Jones, and Kylan, and, um, and it was dope. It was really dope. That was like probably one of my favorite panels that we ever organized together because it was just a variety of uh, opinions. I love that none of you really agree with each other. And I feel like I love that about just, you know, a great panel is that everyone gave a different perspective just about relationships and point of view and, you know, when you're in college and how you kind of just navigate throughout that. But tell the people who is Mara Chance and what you do. 
Okay. Well, um, as you mentioned, I am a Spelman alumna. Um, class was somewhat 15, somewhat 16. I came in with the class of 2016, but I finished in the fall semester of 2015. Uh, well, fall semester of this 2015-2016 school year. Um, but I am a, someone call it a mover and shaker. I like to consider myself a puppeteer of culture. Um, by day, I am the CEO of a creative service agency called Glitter and Hustle. And by really, I guess, all other hours, I am the founder of a women's government organization called Unique Tribe. Um, really, it's tribe, but we're looking for all the domains and everything else that tribe is taken everywhere. But I refer to it as tribe and Unique Tribe. So if you hear me referring to it interchangeably, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I'm a lover of life, media, women, my background, or my degree is actually in comparative women's studies. And so I like to consider myself the girl who does both. I'm the girl who's left, you know, channeling her inner trap queen while all the while dismantling the intersectional oppression. Well, we got we to really touch, touch on that, but continue. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm truly the girl who does both. That, that's who Mara Chance is. Mm. Like, and I ain't mean to cut you off, but I just, that's one of the first things that, like, kind of brought me back. And I feel like you just kind of popped up on, uh, I feel like it was when I started dating Lena. And I've realized, you, and I realized from her, like, you commenting, saying, you know, you know, hey, girl, or whatever, you look good, or whatever. I'm like, damn, she know Mara. Oh, that's dope. And seeing, like, the, you know, the movement that you had with the, you know, the Coretta and Cardi B. And that gave me the most life because it was just, it's just a, a simple fact of, you know, putting those two very, I feel like. Juxtaposed figures together. Yes, like they, they can be seen as uh, polar opposites. Um, but Absolutely. I feel like they have so many similarities in a lot of ways at the same time. And it's rare, it's, it's, it's packed with a lot of nuance. And I, I was so kind of like taken by that, that being kind of like a thing that you would present yourself as and I yeah, want to know like, what, what made you what made you <laughs> that was just simply because this this is the person that you knew you were you knew you were this very sophisticated ratchet individual you know I can you honestly know, I can go talk to the best of them but I can also go to the cookout and you know do my you thing know, that's literally what it is it's crazy I as a graduate of an HBCU I truly love blackness and the spectrum of blackness i um in no means um i guess i I can't say i I did grow up somewhat privileged Mm -hmm. but my parents were always very connected to who they were my dad is from the south side of chicago my mom was raised in um southern california lived in compton is living in you know the valley has lived all over and so I, I had this kind of like melting pot my household was very interesting like I was always at private schools and some of the best schools in the country and things like that but I also my parents were like don't forget you're still black you know so it, it, it was it was really interesting I feel like I've always done both um, and I feel like I don't necessarily turn off one all the time I might I might turn down one a little bit, but I really feel like I embody what people consider to be these 
polar opposites. You look in, you know, people consider people to be ghetto or, you know, people are whitewashed and things like that. And I really, I am just being, I'm just being whoever I know how to be. Um, it's crazy when I was a, I want to say a sophomore, I started this thing called Coquette, which is French for a woman of loose morals. Mm-hmm. And I received so much backlash from the AUC and I had to really people you know you know people I don't think people really understood loose and when I was saying loose I meant just is not fit I'm literally a a ton of juxtapositions my mother actually taught social grace and etiquette um simultaneously some of the men in my life uh by way of my father I knew were a retired pimp so I have I have just this like melting pot of blackness. I I've seen both sides of the spectrum. And so for me when I was saying I was a a woman of loose morals, they were just they weren't fixed. It wasn't I wasn't adapting to society. I wasn't you know, I just did what worked for Mara. There are some things that, you know, people are like, you've changed. And I'm like, no, I haven't changed. I have, you know, I've grown up. I've matured. Um, I, you know, certain things that I did when I was single, I've now been in a relationship for almost three years. I'm not doing, you know, I don't do. I'm older, too. And so, but I still, at the core of me, I think that I'm, I'm still this woman in progress. I'm still in no way fixed. There's some things that I've always been I go back and forth on with what we consider to be morally right or correct. And I'm like, nah, I just, I don't agree that. I just feel like people should get to be whoever they want to be. Um, and so when I was coming up with that shirt design, it actually was inspired by a tweet. And the tweet was saying, I'm every woman. I literally, like you said, I can go and hold it amongst the best of them and then as soon as I leave that meeting we might take it to a nice little day party and I might, you know, if you get the chief class, you know, what I'm saying. I've literally just been the girl who's done both for as long as I can remember and I don't I don't try to hide one part of that. If you go on my Twitter you can see me having these social kinds of conversations and then um, Kendrick Lamar's song um, Umbo just came out yesterday mm-hmm. and he's talking about how he, you know, he likes women with uh, press marks and okay and I'm like yes, yes, let me you know, let me get that, get that score going real quick and so I, it's just I am, if I feel it if I'm moved by it, I'm honest I'm just honest and true with who I am uh, and that that really was the, the birth of the shirt, I tweeted kind of I'm with the Gilbert, I, I'm Freddie Brooks, I'm credit. Scott King, I'm Cardi B, I'm all these women, some fiction, some non-fictional. Um, and so when I was just making this shirt, clearly, just more so for an aesthetic purposes, I put together those two with the C's. Um, Cardi B is one of my probably favorite people in popular culture in present day. And Credit Scott King, I love Credit Scott King. And a lot of people don't know that Coretta Scott King really did both. Even before she met Martin, Coretta actually was a former. She was pursuing a career in entertainment. And Martin, the King family, actually said that she was not the kind of woman that they had envisioned for their son to marry. So she had a really hard time even breaking the King family. I've seen, I've heard audio recordings of her speaking about, like, only one of his sisters, um, 
liked her. And, you know, just a lot of people, you know, they see this one figure. But Coretta Scott King, I mean, she was a rioter. She was an entertainer. She was, uh, I mean, she, she did everything. And I think sometimes a lot of that gets lost. We think of Maya Angelou, and not not that circumstance did not drive her to do certain things, but Maya Angelou was a sex worker. Um, she was madam. She was all of these things, but, you know, everybody only sees the Maya I know at the cage bird things. And that she, she, she had so much, there was so much nuance that goes unnoticed or unrecognized. And for me, Maya, who made I Know I Have a Cage Bird Sings, is only that Maya because of all of the past. And so she, you know, for her to be who we helm as this amazing figure, she really encompassed what it means to be a woman who does both. And it may not be a woman who does both at the same time. Always. Sometimes you do occupy those spaces unapologetically, which I try to do. But there are, like I said, sometimes I do know I got to, you know, I got to tone it down a little bit. What audience am I going to be in front of? Um, you know, what generation are these people coming from? Yeah. I can't be as crude or something like that or it's just as or as honest as I may be. Wow. Wow. That's 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 crazy. That's crazy. I never knew. I never knew the, the struggle of Coretta, but um. Yeah, you gotta research it. She's such an amazing figure. A lot of people don't know about her, but if if you do take the time to really research her, um, you'll see, you'll understand that it is not as great of juxtaposition as some would like to believe. And even Cardi, Cardi, man, I think you know a lot of people get a lot of people get kind of confused or are turned off by the language. Yes. But Cardi is truly girl's girl. Like, she is all for women. Yeah. She is, you know, everything she says, I'm like, she gets it. She understands intersectional oppression. She may not be using, you know, the language of the academy or academia, rather, but she gets it. And, you know, for people who get it, they respect her. I, I I have the utmost respect for Cardi. I want to see her win so bad. I I I I want Cardi to win so bad. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. I love I love that. And that's one of the things that kind of brought me to like keep paying attention because I thought that was just really clever. You know, you see a lot of you know, especially when you go to school in Atlanta and. You see so many people do, you know, campaigns with shirts and just bring out lines and have so many different things that they want to push. And it almost, you know, gets so overwhelming. So it's like, oh, okay, another person with another shirt almost. But you all, the ones that are great, the ones that are needed, the movements that are needed, the uh, and the thoughts that they provoke with just the whole, just symbol that they kind of present with whatever design or whatever shirt or whatever movement that they push it always, you know, kind of rises to the top and it always is something that people pay attention to. And I feel like what you do and what you're doing is one thing that definitely, you know, deserves and garners a lot of attention. Um, and I, I want to, you know, really deep dive into the topics that I really felt like me and you would speak, speak really, really deeply on. And, um, and I feel like you were one of the best people to speak to that about. Um, I've, like I said, I'm on this, you know, very women-centric wave. I feel like, you know, it's time. We're living in an age where 
people are being, you know, marginalized. People are are being oppressed to a whole new types of levels. And I'm just, I just really sat back and thought about, you know, how men, like black men specifically, how we are the essentially the culprits of so much, you know, oppression and pain to black women, either from just domestic violence, you know, just emotional damaging and so many different things. And it's kind of like in this time where black women are, you know, trying to flourish, trying to inspire each other, are making, you know, different types of gains and, you know, consistently making history and just moving forward, even in the midst of it all, like even through all this pain that we may have put them through and all this outside oppression from other spaces. And they, still they, they still, they like black women are still the shit, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like we have taken, we have taken all that for granted, but the fact of the matter is it's been that way forever. And it's like, we need to get back. We need to even either, if we never even have been into that place, we need to create this new mind space and paradigm where we praise and, and praise and protect and, and give props and also be inspired by like this, this world, this, world, this Western thought of being, you know, only men can lead and you have to only be inspired by a, another man because you are a man is, it's uh, asinine to me. The, the fact that, you know, us as a country, you know, are just, you know, from in modern day, just now kind of getting into female leadership when there's literally hundreds of other countries that have, you know, female ambassadors and have had them for, you know, for decades and female presidents. And it goes on and on and on. Female prime ministers, wherever you are. And I feel like that's something to be said about how progressive we are as a country and where we currently are now from this political state. But I want to jump into a, a real cool high button topic. And that is the fear of the when men fear female leadership, women at the head. And I like to, you know, just call a spade a spade. I don't like to really beat around it. I don't really like to kind of say, you know, well, do you think there's a fear? No, I know there is. I can see it. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, try to sugarcoat it. Tell me in your experiences, have you noticed and in, in your conversation with any mentors that you may have had or just, your, you know, you traversing through the industry in any way. Have you noticed this kind of, you know, tension and animosity that you've uh, may have gotten from a guy who may literally be working under you or have seen it with people that you may have worked side by side who have a female boss or whatever that is? Tell me what you know. You know, I'll say this. Um, it's not just men. It's people don't, people fear losing power. Mm. I think that a large part of even, you know, racism is, it is the fear of the loss of power. I agree. Um, and so I think when historically somebody has been in a position of power, it is scary the thought that somebody can take that from them and it, they may take it from them because they are better for that position there is very i think there may if there is even one now i believe that uh i, I believe she recently stepped down i believe there's only one black woman who is the ceo of a fortune 500 company I want to say Ross Brewer stepped down and that leaves Ursula Xerox, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I do believe that was the most recent finding. And 
Ursula did not get there and Roz Brewer did not get there because they weren't the shit or the best. Because quite frankly, to amass that level of power, specifically as a black woman, you have to be the shit. You have to be. And so, you know, I think that we've come from a society, you know, we have to understand that women didn't really enter the workforce that long ago. Exactly. Um, you know, I think that it is still, and we're still trying to learn, and I think it will take maybe some generations for this to become an egalitarian society. Mm-hmm. You know, we are, we live in a society in which patriarchy is at the helm and is always perpetuated. And as of recent, we do have this, you know, certain a deeper level of consciousness or has been put more so into the mainstream with feminism and, you know, there's gender studies courses and even anthropology and certain, you know, certain classes in psychology. Even the ac- academia is pushing certain conversations to the mainstream that once were not there. And that is truly at women, black women are leading that. Mm-hmm. Um, black women have been in the workforce for quite some time, but they have never for, for years have not been able to hold the same kind of position. People's grandmas were, you know, housekeepers and different maids and things like that coming out of slavery and even during the civil rights movement. The black women have been working for a long time. It's just that we were not afforded the same education. Mm-hmm. We were not afforded the same opportunity. And now that there are laws in place that says you can not discriminate in certain ways, we are literally seeing women and, um, I guess, disproportionate minorities, minorities who have previously been, um, what am I trying to say, disenfranchised yes. to rise to the occasion and to really operate in a place of their fullest potential. And I'm not, I can't even say fullest potential because there are still so many hurdles and roadblocks in place of that. But those who are privileged enough to be able to navigate the world with certain levels of privilege are able to rise to um, a, a potential that was not seen historically. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Oh, man, that's 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 heavy. But that's I think you, you, you hit the head right on. You hit the nail right on the head with just the kind of like giving up that power and i think that is the proof of it's here it's here privilege you know and just proof of so you do know that you have advantage you do know that it was easy for you to do certain you know things and no matter who you are that that's a thing that's present but doesn't have to be you know it like it literally doesn't it's not a necessary thing for the society to to main you know to just to thrive it's not something that needs to happen. And I always find that, you know, very, very crazy that, you know, we have all these different systems that are all based on one on an individual's winning and a mass of people losing, you know, just and that's the culture of America in general. Like some, so there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. And 
the, the fact that that philosophy is something that is ingrained within American just ideals is crazy to me. Even when it comes to just the the large satisfaction, like we we're right now in March Madness, uh, and and how people just go fucking nuts for damn, you know, for these sports teams and these teams that they have maybe no connection with. They probably didn't go there. This is just a team they've loved and supported. And, you know, that's cool. Showing loyalty and having this, you know, support or whatever, whatever. But when I've noticed, like, like you know, I was here in Chicago when the Cubs happened and it just bothered the hell out of me when the Cubs won the World Series. And I'm like, it's crazy how all these people coming together, right? And they come together for this. And they say, you know, it's a thing that they've been waiting on, thing that they thought we might not ever happen and all these other things. And, you know, just all this grandiose shit happened in the city. And I'm just like, I'm disgusted. Like, <laughs> I'm really disgusted. <laughs> I'm like, you it, know, takes, I, it takes so much to make I, people get behind a, a great cause that is just very humane and just like there are people dying do you want to sign this petition we're not asking for money we're not asking to do anything sign this petition because we get these letters we can pass this you know get this money and you have to you have to know this i i'll say this is that (sighs) it is it is exhausting sometimes dealing with all of the important stuff yeah and I recently, somebody, I, I can't think of her name, but I cannot take credit for this. She said that she's post-woke. And I saw this and I was like, yo, that's me. Because I, I, I'm in that space right now. Like I mentioned, I have a degree in comparative women's studies. People already don't even know what the hell that means. First, <laughs> which truthfully I understand. I, I, I took a really... Um, I guess intersectional and uh, interdisciplinary approach at understanding gender and understanding race and understanding all of these social constructs. Mm-hmm. And I realized that as somebody who does have such an understanding of that, it's so many people who don't. And it is a tiring conversation because it is not something that can easily be agreed upon. Yeah. And so sports, things that are trivial, they don't take that much thought. Yes, I'm not saying it doesn't take a lot to be an amazing athlete, but to support it, it allows to support entertainment, to support sports or whatever. It allows you to remove yourself from all the real things that are going on in the world. And quite frankly, that is in some ways liberating. Mm-hmm. People already are dealing with whatever they're dealing with at home. People are already, you know, you're worried about what's going on in your job. Your kids have all this going on. And frankly, you just don't want to be thinking about everybody else. I mean, that, that sounds so awful and somewhat pessimistic, but I think there'll be so many industries that'll go away before any type of American sports league or even any international sports league and also entertainment. There are movies making, you know, who are crossing multi-million dollar status in a weekend because people don't want to deal with what is going on in present day. It is an escape. 
And so while, yes, it can be irritating, and even for somebody who is woke, it can be almost frustrating. It's like, how can you focus on this? How can you give this attention? And because, frankly, we are tired, especially, like, black women. I'm tired of having to explain my humanity to somebody who refuses to see it. Yeah. I'm tired. And so I, while, yes, I, I was so privileged to have, you know, this amazing education, but I really have to, for me to function and for me to, I guess, provide self-care, I have to function from a state of post-woke more often than not. Because if I do not, I will literally, I want to say it is a um, bald quote, I believe it's, we will constantly live in a state of rage. And that is not healthy for you individually. You can't, it, it just, it, it, it does no good. It does absolutely no good for your psyche. It does no good for your health. It does no good for anything. And, you know, I um, there's a book that I recently read. I read it really off the strength of the title alone. I have an organization that I mentioned called Unity Tribe or Tribe. And the book is actually called Tribe by Sebastian Junger. And the book is a, about tribal communities. And why a lot of people, a lot of, it's really about veterans. The whole book is a post-war book. And it's about why veterans prefer war over civilian life. And the reason being is they function in a, in a tribal community. It is, there's different, there's different parts of that that are good for the psyche. Typically, when people are, uh, when there's war or uprising, civil uprising, wherever in the world, there are lower homicide rates, lower suicide rates, mm-hmm. lower uh, diagnosis of depression, because there's camaraderie around one general thing. And so, although no, although sports is not war, it is. It is. And so I think in many ways, it is good for people. I'm not a big sports fan simply because I, I just don't care. Um, I, I just never been that interested. But I do see, I see the value in it. And I see and I understand the hoopla around it. Oh, yeah. Because I see what it does for people. Oh, and yeah. so, you know... Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know if I, I touched. I, I don't know if I, I know that that wasn't necessarily what you were going for, but I just say I understand it. Yeah, I, I think it was just because uh, I was in the in, in the thick of it. I think that's what got me the most to even have that that feeling. I definitely um, agree with you on that balance, though. You know, I feel like you know to just be like just to become conscious in any way shape or form and just to open your eyes up no matter just if it's you know in any any way like even if it's just from a personal perspective once you realize that you are doing something or you realize this flaw that you never noticed about yourself you can't unsee that you know and i think that is what it's like to you know be this quote-unquote woke individual is that you've learned things you and now you see the world 
in a different way and you know why certain things are the way that they are and you think about these things with every you know crossroad that you come to and it is exhausting it is you know it can drive you crazy because you do need that you know those moments of peace you need those moments of clarity and you know i'm a person who i enjoy the hell out of movies and enjoy the hell out of all those things so i definitely believe in the balance i think specifically for that though i think it was just a, a build up of everything like i'm right here in chicago majority of the office was extremely extremely chicago uh cubs fans heavy uh can't even wear nail you they literally it's literally you can't even wear nail you it's in the like the kind of like it's the like the handbook of you know the job and they was like threw that shit all the way out the window because they thought this shit was never gonna happen and um and i'm like damn y'all ain't let me rock my damn beanie to work like what the hell and i'm like this is some shit like this we letting all rules go everything i think it was just a a culmination of things that made me uh feel away and just feel, you know feel a little testy about it but i do agree with you i do believe that it that balance and that is you know a sense of escapism is something that's needed just to be a sane individual um but to keep it moving um i believe you know i've seen you know I've, i follow you and i've seen you do so many different things when it comes to just you know uh just uh supporting uh women and doing things with women on panels talking about various different things women in business women in this women in that um tell me because you are a person that's actively trying to galvanize women in general and especially black women what have you seen as because i feel like people we, we love to always praise and always love to you know promote that this is a thing that's happening women are getting together women are doing these things together it's happening it's dope tell me i, I want to know what uh, are the negatives? What are those cons? What are those hurdles that you feel like aren't garnering uh, more, even more attention, and even more, uh, even more women wanting to, you know, support these things or become entrepreneurs like yourself, or just step out on faith? What do you think are those hurdles to have women work together even more? Hmm. You know, I. I'm going to try my best to answer the question as best I can. I'll say this, that I, I really do try to operate from a place of um, just positivity. Like, I, I know there are hurdles in place, but I try not to dwell on them. Mm -hmm. I think a large part of it is, is that society is changing. Modern society is changing. Uh, there is there's some, there's tons of data that says that, you know, our generation will probably never be homeowners. Especially, you know, not with the normal, um, you know, got college to blue collar, white collar, not really white collar. That 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 pipeline is changing. Yeah. And so, a lot of people feel that people pieces of the pie are limited. Mm-hmm. And the pie is just not the same kind of pie anymore. Yeah. It's not that pieces of the pie are limited. It's that you can't take that same method, that same route. And I think it's truthfully just a lack of understanding that that sometimes get in the way of women coming together. They do feel that there's only so much opportunity. I, um, in Tribe, I recently kind of started rebranding and I say that there are three things that stand between a woman's potential and her opportunity. Um, I actually did a recent little poll on Twitter to see where women felt they fell in line. And those three things are lack of self-esteem, mm. lack of support, 
or the net, lack of support of the network and lack of competence. They don't feel like they have the skill set in this day and age. Mm. Which is so interesting to me because we have such a large access to everything now. Um, and so, you know, I, and I, I can't I can't lie that sometimes I feel that I lack competence or like I'm I am good at plenty of things, um, but I don't think I'm like that great anything or because I have a degree in liberal arts, uh, a liberal arts degree, I sometimes feel that I don't have all the technical skills that I need or I want. Um, but actually the craziest thing for a lot of women was lack of self-esteem. And that was people's largest lack to them. And so I think a lot of times you have to do the self-work. And I see it time and time again is that the women who are good at working together, they, they, they got them first. They are confident in their abilities. They are confident in all these other things. They know that there is equal opportunity because they have a certain level of, they've done a certain level of self-work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't know how to do that self-work. I'm not saying it's, you know, it's anyone's fault. There's, there's plenty of reasons that people battle with self-esteem issues. But I think the first step to being able to come together with other women is that you got to be straight. Yeah. I can't, I can't work with other women and I'm always insecure about me. I have, you know, there's so many conversations online right now about, you know, what's beautiful or, you know, the perception of beauty, some Eurocentric beauty standards are still perpetuated. And I, I was thinking about my friend circle. I have friends who are, I'm not gonna lie. A lot of my friends, they find a tail, uh, ranging. Range is fine. They really, they range fine. My best friend is fairly fair. She has big breasts, real, real skinny. I have friends who are, you know, who are who get have tons of work done. Who are pretty girls before that, and they're pretty. And if I'm measuring myself up to, you know, their body, that it had this work and things like that, I'm not gonna be secure in myself. If we go out. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm in a relationship now, I'm not really, I'm not doing much for, you know, the gaze of somebody else or, you know, for the, to hope to get the attraction of somebody else, especially if the opposite sex, I guess, I guess operating from a position of a cisgender, cisgendered heterosexual, I'm not going out um, and trying to do things for the male gaze Mm -hmm. at this point in my life. And, but if I was, I'm cool with going out with my girls in their range of beauty and body and all of this because I'm good. Like I'm straight on me. And because of that, we like, we can do things together. But like, I think that that is, that is going to be needed. Yes. It's the self-esteem and, I tell people all the time, I, I, I used to work with Girl Scouts of America, and I would sometimes get very frustrated. I did a big summit every year during college, and we would spend about uh, close to 60 hours. It was a three-day summit, and no technology, no whatever. And at the girls, they were between the age of, like, middle school, middle school to high school. And it would be really cool to work with them, but I knew that they, they would leave and they would be so empowered but I knew that they would go home to their environment. And 
some things that we talked about or some things that they had, you know, started to understand will be undone. And I say this to say that that self-esteem, there are women, grown women I know, dealing with self-esteem issues. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, but I think for me, my big thing is trying to work with the people who are nearest me. I can't, I, I can't affect what goes on in someone else's home or, you know, what their parents are saying. I can try to make sure when I do see a black girl or a little black girl, I'm affirming her beauty. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it might just be, I know I can't, I can't always make a difference, but I can plant seeds. Oh, yeah. And when she is older and has, you know, is making her own conscious decisions or is even just sitting there and thinking about those things. I pray that those seeds do, you know, do grow into something, do become something. But I know that I don't have control over that. The only thing that I can in some ways control is what, how I affect the people closest to me. And when I one day become a mother, making sure that I am affirming, 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 I think that, you know, for me to operate in the way that I've operated the world is largely due to the affirmation that I received growing up and still do as a woman. My parents still affirm me. Mm. My parents, like my dad, jokingly, like I said, my dad's from South of Chicago. And so, like, I remember I sent my dad this picture of me, and I have two sisters, and my dad was like, damn, all mine fine. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that's so, that's so cute. Funny. That's so precious. You know, it was, right, it was so funny, and my dad is, like, about to be 60. Yeah. And, you know, some people can make that over sexualized, whatever, but and I'm my dad funny. uses the language. My, you're right. My dad uses the language that he knows. Yeah. And people who know my father, people know my father, if you've met my dad and even my girlfriend, that they know my dad, and, like, my dad thinks of them dope, right? Like, they're a dope woman. My dad probably has called them the bad bitch. But I have to take that in the context that my dad is 60 years old, grew up on the south side of Chicago in the late 50s, early 60s. And so my dad is, my dad is like, you know, like, oh, you know, that's a bad bitch there. Like, oh, that's too cold. Lays it down. And so for me, I have to understand, you know, for some people, that's not affirming. Like, but I know what my dad means by that. My mom, my mother has always called me like Mara the Star. My family has affirmed me my entire life. And so there's certain insecurities. I, I used to be very chubby. And it's funny because I lost a ton of weight. And I, I never thought I was chubby. Like, never. Never. Like, I always, and not saying that that. Um, Until the comparison. You know, huh? That's when you start to know. That's the comparison, I guess, to beauty. Right. It's not saying that you weren't beautiful. But I was so confident in that. I didn't know that there was anything wrong with being chubby. Mm. I didn't even real. I didn't even acknowledge that I was. That's beautiful. You could not put me next to a girl who was mad skinny or in great shape and I not think I look just as good as them. That's beautiful. And so I think as I've gotten older, you know, because I had that level of security within myself, it's so easy being a girl's girl because I'm good. Mm, 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 mm. And ah, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And that's a good that's a good life lesson. Cause I know it's a few people who listen to the show who have, you know, children. I know I'm glad that, you know, we're living in an age to where, like, it's almost trendy to kind of like 
really like heavily praise your children. And I'm cool with that trend, you know what I'm saying? To like, this is my prince and he's this, he's that, you know, sometimes. Oh, you don't know, I'm about to be, I'm I'm definitely going to be a DJ Khaled as Oh yeah. Don't get it twisted. Like, oh no, 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 no. Affirmation going up. All that. Right. All that. All that. And I think I think my mom, she was, and I was just talking about her yesterday, and she's about to turn 50 um, at the end of April. And I'm going to go see her. But she always, I feel like she she didn't, it was, if if she was more of that uh, equality versus quantity, you know, she might not have said something every day, you know, but when she said something, it was like a five-minute just praise section, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I, 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 know I, I tell people all the time, even I, I know you my son, but you just a, you just so great. You just this, that, and the third, and it just she'll just go on and on and on. I'm just like, man, like chill. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you got me over here, you know, really feeling the way. And also, she just always the beautiful thing about my mom that I say, and just about just black women in general. And I, because I know I've seen this with other people's mothers, and they've told me these similar stories. Is that the insecurities that my mom had? I feel like she became very aware of that she the, these were things that she was dealing with from her own childhood, from her own past. And literally, when it came to the way that she kind of came and reared and raised me and my sister, it was like, this is how I'm feeling, but I'm literally gonna display and portray and give and teach you the opposite. Even though I'm still dealing with this, I can li- easily just project how I feel and tell you to stay home and don't and don't travel and feel discouraged when you should feel discouraged and all these different things and it's cool to quit and it's cool to doubt and she never did none of that you know like even though she experienced it herself even though she you know felt like you know her parenting could have been a little bit different or you know but you can't choose that you just deal what you can deal with and it's created to a very strong woman because she literally once she like gave us these life lessons he always told us like i want you to leave like my mom hates really don't like traveling like, that's crazy that she, being a person that doesn't like traveling, told me and my sister, I want y'all to get away. If you want to go to school out of, out of state, I, I, I'm, I'm with it. Let me know where you want to go. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, for a woman like that, that was just so beautiful to, to find that. And I know I'm going off on a tangent, but it's still about women because women are just that beautiful and that dynamic. And I think that is a real, real vital thing that needs to happen a lot more. And we need to affirm each other more. You know, black men, we need to... Praise our ladies, and you know if you if you're in relationships, let them know. You know you can you can take that kind of you know quantity or quality method, like letting them know on many occasions and every occasion that you get and every occasion. That comes this is what I say. One of one of my favorite Drake lyrics, and I I tell you all the time, like I thrive off of affirmation. It is actually my love language. Okay. It truthfully, truly is. And in the words of Drake, like if I got it, then tell me I got it. Then. <laughs> and it, really? it doesn't it doesn't do it doesn't do anything. And so, you know, when women when women yes this or, you know, whatever, like that helps. Yeah. It it really does because, you know, I I it's happened so much in my life that I, I can affirm myself now. But I still love affirmation from others. That only that only, you know, helps. Oh, for sure, for and sure. For sure. It, and I, I even I it even has power. That. Words have power. And so speaking those things over people's life can change someone's destiny. It, yeah. And I, I even, you know, suggested to men as well. I feel like we need to praise each other more for the, for 
for things that are worth praising. You know what I'm saying? Like for those positive things, you know, we have to really, really come to AIDS and be true companions. Cause I feel like that's how you make, you know, those like-minded men and you really cultivate good, good level-headed men. And we just making each other better. Cause I love, you know what I'm saying? I love my brother Juwanza. And I love, and I love- Absolutely, brother. dude, so dope. And, uh, and me and Juwanza, it's been, like me and him, we, it's so crazy right now. Cause we, we, right now we're trying to, you know, develop some things right now to do some stuff together. Cause we've been away. And, and when you spent, I spent literally almost four years with this man, you know, where, and three of those years, I seen him every single day, even if we didn't plan. That's how like I think how synced up we were. Like, I remember he had a time where his phone was forever dying so fast. And he had to always get new phones and people would always be looking for him. Cause this man literally was fucking vice president and they would come and find me and they'd be like, have you seen Juwan? Do you know where he is? Have you talked to him? You know where he is? I need to talk to him. I'm like, you know what? Just walk with me, stick with me. We're going to run into him. Trust me. I got to go somewhere I need to be. And just so happens he's there too. You know what I'm saying? Didn't even know. Yeah. Didn't, and I feel like we've been away from each other and it's just, we've always had that feeling of, you know, critiquing each other, praising each other when we're doing right, praising each other, you know, you know, checking each other when we feel like we're about to do something wrong or, you know, analyzing our mistakes and analyzing the situations and really just being there for each other, like real true brothers. And, and I feel like I don't see that all the time or I tell people about our relationships and I don't see that all the time. And it really, you know, I know that's something that everyone can have with, a, you know, either a person or a group or whatever. And it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. But let's end this on a real dope note. Um, because um, the last thing that I sent and sent you to kind of, you know, marinate on and really is one of the things that I thought about um, because in a, just bringing Juwanza into it, me and Juwanza loved working with women while we were in school. Uh, we felt like we tried, you know, having, bringing kind of, you know, these like, you know, well-spoken guys and guys who had a lot of potential into me and, me and his thing or whatever. When me and him did little projects or events, we brought guys in and it always became like an ego thing. And it really like fucked up the vibe, you know? And, but when we've worked with, you know, we've like partnered and worked with, you know, different women, they've like always amplified everything that we did. And we noticed that shit very early. It was like, how come we can't, you know, do the same thing? Tell, let's fantasize right now on a world that's truly, truly, you know, equal. I wanna, you, you, I want you to tell me if we, let's say in, let's say 10 years, right? Let's say 10 years, okay. we have um, a black female president. Let me think of a good name. Let me think of a good name. Her name, oh, it gotta be some kind of good. Let me think of some real quick. Ja'Kayla Hines is gonna be the first black female president. Oh, oh say the name again. Ja'Kayla. Ja'Kayla? Ja'Kayla Hines is is that a real person? Oh, you hold on, say that again. Obama has. I, I said to Kayla, I'm envying. Oh, okay. Um, and Obama has even co-signed her. Like she's amazing. It's been Kayla Haynes actually, and phenomenal, phenomenal. She does a lot of work. I really believe that she is going to be the first black female president. Oh yes. So so okay. So Michaela Michaela Haynes. Vin Kayla. Ja Kayla. V. Oh, Z Kayla. 
Zen Kayla. Zen Kayla, excuse me, excuse me. And not, there you no, go. Definitely don't want to mess your name up, this lady. Um, okay, Zen Kayla Hines is our first black female president. What do yep. you think? Tell me, uh, what do you think are gonna be three dope positive initiatives that she may have? Just just to speculate. And I'm, and I'm gonna try to think of three right now too, but tell me three. Hmm. I gotta ponder on this one. Reparations. <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of with you on that, though. I'm kind of with you on that. I'm, I wasn't lying there. I think that she will, um, I think, I can't say, you know, I don't know. I'm not too good into politics. I don't really even understand. I mean, I understand it, but political structure. But um, I would say I don't. I think that something that legitimize, I mean, legitimizes the experiences of trans folks. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think she's going to have to, she's definitely going to do something with, to help people understand and to dismantle this, uh, this we live in a rape we live in a rape culture yeah. to dismantle this rape culture for sure and I think that you know it's crazy because I don't think a lot of people yes you know a lot of people think that they understand rape and it's like no I, I you know I didn't rape shorty I uh you know we had sex before yeah she was drunk and I think that it's ignorant like people don't get it that you know consent is if it is not consensual in any way, regardless if it has been one time, if it might tell you to stop at that moment, it, it no longer is consensual. And so I definitely think that some policy is going to be on uh, on sexual consent. Mm. So sexual consent essentially keep bringing more equality to to trans people and mm -hmm. and reparations. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's I feel like I feel like I feel like trans transitions, like uh, trans in like the tra transitional surgeries, may yes. be uh, included in like insurance. Yes, yes, I can see, I can see that, I can see that, I can see that, and I, and for me, um, I guess what my three would be, okay, off the top, um, I believe that there would be, because um, I feel like women have a very great way of kind of like include being very inclusive and especially black women because i feel like you they always kind of had to be it's always like them and other people they had so i think it's not uh it's innately easy for them to think about everyone and think about other things and keep up several things in their mind so one thing that i think will happen will be an initiative to bring down the rates like the homeless rates within uh metropolitan areas like a serious serious, oh, serious campaign to because that's one of the most forgotten i feel like i can only imagine you know she you know garners this really dope attention just from you know uh retired veterans which is so sad to me to find out that you know a large majority of the homeless people are people who've served this country it's you know it's real asinine to me that those two things are you know together um second i think uh would be oh man uh i feel like um they would 
I feel like she would go back into healthcare a little bit. I think she would do something specifically. Uh, I think she would kind of give more money to um, kind of like research and development when it comes to certain uh, diseases that kind of have always plagued uh, individuals to like actually find cures, not only just to uh, for women, but for really just in general, you know, really to really find more, give more money to these very evasive things that people have like just made money from the, you know, from the treatment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like she's going to get to, she's going to run on, I feel like she could run and win on a platform of, you know what, we need to pay attention to, you know, these researches and we need to actually have a hand in this research to get to eradicate these things. Cause we've only eradicated several, you know, diseases because they were that deadly, but there's still some deadly things and there's still so much research done because I feel like she will be woke enough to understand that there are people in other countries who have done these things and cured these things. And we need to take away ourselves from this, you know, modern sense of, you know, science and bring in some of these holistic things and provide treatment and funding to these things so they can be developed and spread to a mass. I think that would be it. And then thirdly, I think, uh, I feel like it would be, uh, more celebrations. You know, I feel like there would be more national celebrations, like, um, more kind of like, in like implementing different type of months, you know what I'm saying? To where like each month is truly, truly something that's celebrating a different, you know, culture, you know, a different, uh, just, just, we have 12, you know, like 12 months. That's 12. You can chop that up to 12 different types of, you know, types of people. And, and what's crazy is I feel like it'll, you know, just bring and, and bring attention to, and it'll kind of really push the curriculums and within school and kind of direct the curriculums in school. I feel like it could affect everyone and also affect business and commerce in general, just because during this month, you know, just because it's Black History Month, you kind of feel the need to, you know, have more black advertisements. If it's, you know, you know, Latin, Latin, uh, Latin History Month, you know, it's whatever, whatever. If it's Women's History Month, you know, it's whatever, whatever. And I feel like really, really pushing those to make those something that that are nationally, nationally uh, recognized to a full degree. And also, you know, all those initiatives and all those organizations, associations are fully supported from that head level. That's what I think it could be like. And that's and that's our fantasize. And I think that'll be a beautiful world, you know, very beautiful world. Um, Mara, you have given us, you've given us all so, so many gems, you know, uh, all the humans who are listening to this podcast, I really, really, really hope you soaked in everything that she said and the conversation that we've had. And I really, really appreciate it. And I'm, I really, you know, I want to bring you back because I love, love, love what you have to say. I love, thank you. I, I love, I love how you, you know, you bring on things from, you know, your personal life. That's, that's the type of, you know, person I am as well. When I speak about, you know, anything that I'm passionate about, I just have any opinion about, because I feel like, you know, you always have to bring it back to you. And it's always a connection to, you know, every type of subject matter that you can probably bring back into yourself if you've had that experience. Um, tell everyone how they can follow you, how they can support, how they can just keep up with you. Tell them about all the things. So I'm, I'm really big on some brand continuity, so you can find me at Mara Chance on everything. M-A-U-R-A-C-H-A-N-Z as in zebra. Um, Mara Chance on Twitter, Mara Chance on Instagram, marachance.com. Um, my email is even mara at marachance.com. And then you can follow Tribe across all platforms again at you. Y O U 
need tribe. Mm, that's it. That's it. That's it. Mar, I really want to thank you for giving me your time. I really do appreciate it. I definitely want to um I definitely want to bring you back uh whenever whenever you have time to talk about anything and everything that makes sense and just feels right. And um, I really appreciate everyone who's been listening. I really appreciate everyone who's been paying attention to what I've been doing and just supporting in every single way. I got a lot of really dope things on the way that's in the works. And I really want, you know, everyone who's paying attention to share, to review, to subscribe on every platform that you actually listen to podcast on. Support, support, support. I'm on every, you can find me everywhere podcasts are available from iTunes to uh soundcloud to the to google play to tune in radio i'm also in the directory podcast in color and i'm a part of a network of podcasts here in chicago called the second wind collective shout out to my man dan and um i really really appreciate the um, just the support and i definitely also uh, want to thank everyone who joined me on live um for my li- first live recap it was really dope I love the feedback. It was really cool, and I definitely want to keep doing that. So once you've listened to this, definitely tune in in a few days. Share this with all your friends. Get everyone included into the conversation so they can know exactly what we talked about. And we're going to come back in another few days. And I'm going to have a live recap, and we can all share and interact and talk. And you can tell me what you think about what was said about Mara, what was said about me, and what said you know what you just have to say about the general topic. I really, really love that. Really, really got a lot of stuff going. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm just excited. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Simply King. See y'all next week.